Hey everyone, it's Simon here. Welcome to our podcast. This week we had in-person church. So that means when we have in-person church, I record a podcast-only version of the sermon on this beautiful microphone right here I'm speaking into. And this week actually marks the first of uh, our shift to fortnightly in-person services. So these podcast-type sermons will be happening more often. Also this week, it was Everyone Sunday, our first ever in-person Everyone Sunday. Everyone Sundays are a special service focused on bringing Jesus to everyone, everywhere. We announced our new missions project in India. Um, You'll be able to find info on that on our Instagram, Facebook, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, Also, on behalf of Maria and I, if you are just checking us out, we welcome you. Check out our website, all the upcoming gatherings, services, connect groups, all that stuff is on there. And we hope that you can be part of our journey, our church planning, everyone church journey, which is very, very exciting. Last week, we shared a quick thought from verse 22 in the book of Philemon, which is a tiny little 25-verse letter in the New Testament written by the Apostle Paul. And we gave some context last week as far as uh, what Philemon is all about. So if you missed that, check the podcast or the service on YouTube. So let's read uh, from verse 22. It says this in the New Living Translation. One more thing. Please prepare a guest room for me, for I am hoping that God will answer your prayers and let me return to you soon. So Paul says, he's about to close his letter. He says, please prepare a room for me, for I'm hoping God will answer your prayers. Let's read it in the contemporary English version. It says this, please get a room ready for me. I hope your prayers will be answered and I can visit you. So there it is again. Get a room ready. I hope your prayers will be answered. Now let's read it in the New King James Version. This is my favorite version of this verse. It says this, but meanwhile, I love that word, but meanwhile, also prepare a guest room for me, for I trust that through your prayers, I shall be granted to you. So Paul says, prepare a room for me, for I am hoping God will answer your prayers. And so often we do very little praying for something. And then sometimes we do lots of praying, like when we're super, super desperate. But rarely do we couple our prayers with preparation and steps of faith. And Paul says, okay, Philemon, I know you've been praying that I would come to you, but meanwhile, let's get preparing. And that word, meanwhile, we mentioned last week in the original Greek is the word hammer, which means at the same time, at once, together, And isn't that an interesting dynamic to add to your prayer life? I believe our prayer life should also have an at-the-same-time element to it. I'm not talking about a backup plan, but a step towards plan, a preparation plan, stepping out in faith, getting out of the boat, preparing the room, so to speak. Paul says, prepare a room for me, for I am hoping God will answer your prayers. And I could just imagine Philemon getting a room ready, prepping a guest room in faith. No idea on the timeline, but prepping a guest room in faith, Uh, getting this room ready in faith. That's a faith journey. Uh, What is your house like when you are expecting a guest over. I I remember as a kid, my mom would go nutso setting up the house in preparation, in anticipation for a guest that's about to arrive. Paul says, prepare a room for me, for I'm hoping God will answer your prayers. And last week we shared about rooms or areas in our lives that we should be taking steps of preparation and faith towards. Uh, Things that we often pray for, but we might be in a meanwhile moment with a meanwhile season. So these two rooms from last week were uh, the room for my and your marriage and family. 
and also the room for my and your unsaved friends. And now these areas have something in common. We pray for them often. Uh, we want health and improvement in these areas, in our marriage and family, uh, with our kids. We want we want room and improvement when it comes to reaching our unsaved friends with with the gospel. And we all we all want these things. We want a healthier. Who doesn't want a healthier marriage and home life? Who doesn't want their kids to know the Lord? Who doesn't want their unsaved friends to know Jesus? But the question is, what are we doing about it? What faith steps are we taking towards these areas to couple with? the prayers that we've been praying about those areas. How are we preparing the room, so to speak? Uh, So, you know, for example, I've been been praying for a new house, you might say. Well, how are you saving? Uh, I've been praying for God to help me with my finances. I want to put him first, but are we taking faith steps in giving? Uh, I've been praying for clarity in my calling, but are we using what God has put in our hand right now, being faithful what God has put us in right now? Uh, I've been praying for, and you can insert the blank, I'm sure you have prayer requests that you could add a faith step element to. And we've all been in prayer meetings and heard sermons, please save our city, Lord. Bring revival, Lord. Bless this marriage, Lord. Bring the prodigals home, Lord. But I believe it's time to take steps of faith in these areas. Send a text. Go out for lunch. Invite someone to church. Come on. Paul says, prepare a room for me, for I am hoping God will answer your prayers. So today I want to share about another room on this Everyone Sunday, where we focus on bringing Jesus to everyone everywhere. And this room, the truth is, is many churches don't really do much about this room at all. And there are many Christians who do nothing about this room as well. And I want to talk about preparing the room for the poor. The room for the poor. Paul says, prepare a room for me, for I am hoping God will answer your prayers. It's one thing to pray for the poor, for the needy, for the disadvantaged. But what are we actually doing to prepare, to take steps of faith for the poor? God loves the poor. And the poor were a central focus of Christ himself and the early church. You know, when Christ was ministering on the earth, he he helped the poor. He loved the poor. And it was the focus of the early church as well. In Galatians 2, the Apostle Paul talks about how he went back to Jerusalem to meet with the leaders of the early church, guys like James, Peter, John, people who walked with Jesus. And in verse 2 of Galatians 2, he, he explains why he went to visit. He says this, I went there because God revealed to me that I should go. While I was there, I met privately with those considered to be leaders of the church and shared with them the message I had been preaching to the Gentiles. I wanted to make sure that we were in agreement for fear that all my efforts had been wasted and I was running the race for nothing. Now, just a side note, this is 14 years since Paul had last visited Jerusalem. So Paul obviously, he valued church eldership and unity, to go way out of his way and travel. Like, you know, it wasn't easy to just travel from city to city at this time. So Paul, he valued that this kind of unity with the church leadership, right? Which I think is kind of cool. It's just a bit of a side note. But the results of this meeting were positive. They encouraged Paul. It says in verse 9 of Galatians 2, in fact, James, Peter, and John, who were known as pillars of the church, recognized the gift God had given me, Paul says, And they accepted Barnabas and me as their co-workers. They encouraged us to keep preaching to the Gentiles while they continued their work with the Jews. And then in verse 10, it says this, Their only suggestion was that we keep helping the poor 
which I have always been eager to do. Now, I bring this up because we need to be reminded that the poor have always been a priority for Christ and the church. They mention it explicitly along with the gospel they share. The apostles' passion and emphasis on helping the poor was something they inherited from Christ himself when they walked with him. Jesus helped the poor. Jesus had passion for the poor. Jesus directed others to help the poor. You think about when Zacchaeus, uh, when Jesus visits Zacchaeus in Luke chapter 19, and Zacchaeus was known as a sinner, and, and he was so excited that, G- that Jesus would come to his house, and he says, I will give half of my wealth to the poor. And Jesus' response to that was, salvation has come to this home today. So it's like Jesus was elated that someone would prioritize the poor. Or even Jesus launched into ministry in Luke chapter 4 when he reads from Isaiah and he says this in verse 18 of Luke 4, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. To the poor. Christ prioritized the poor, and his disciples and the early church did as well. And not just poor Christians, no. The poor. The poor. So we, as Christ followers, are called to be a practical help to the poor. It's pretty simple. And not obviously not just the poor, but we can't overlook the poor. Okay, so how, how do we help the poor? Well, we give them what they can't give themselves. We build homes for widows in Burundi like our church did last year. We do this because they can't build it for themselves. We bring fresh water to students in Cambodia like we did last year. We help fund the building of a well in a school in Cambodia. We do this because they can't get it themselves. We pay for heart surgeries for children in Vietnam like we are this year because they have no way to pay for it themselves. We pay for cataract surgeries for people in India, which is what we're, our new project, who, 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 because these people have no way to do it themselves. And we don't just pray or become so nuanced in our worldview uh, and politics that we just talk about it or justify our way out of helping Oh, it's all, you know, it's the systems, the corrupt systems. There No, no, no. We actually do something. And Maria and my prayer and goal for everyone church is that it would be a church where you and I have constant opportunities to help the poor. Because that's what God would want us to do. Not just help yourself or help our building fund or better equipment or, no, we need to show God that we prioritize and help the poor the way he wants us to. And here's the crazy thing. In helping the poor, God blesses you. In Proverbs 19:17 it says, "If you help the poor, you are lending to the Lord and he will repay you." So God loves the poor and desires the poor to be helped so much that he is willing to take a loan from you. It's like you are God's afterpay. As you help the poor, God repays you. Now, some have taken this out of balance and presume that we just help others just to benefit ourselves, like to look good or to get Instagram likes or virtue signal. That's not what we're talking about here. But it is a biblical principle that when you help the poor, God always repays you. And it doesn't always come back to you financially, if you help the poor financially. Uh, One way God repays you is by changing your life, (laughs) making you less self-focused, giving you purpose. Uh, I'm so grateful uh, for the long season that Maria and I had in uh, our previous church that has uh, sent us out to plant this uh, new church, the, the Imagination Church, where we were constantly reminded 
of the poor and the needy in the world. We had mission Sundays every month. We had missions conferences every year. Pastor Jack and Carol, our pastors, would ask us to give again and again and again. And sometimes you think, really? Again? But in truth, they weren't just taking up offerings for the poor. They weren't. In fact, they were actually helping me and helping the church by saving us from a self-focused life. That's the power of giving to the poor. Not only do you help others, but you yourself are helped. My brother recently moved out of uh, my parents' house, and uh, he was kind of staying in the room that I had before I moved out when I got married. And uh, I went to check out the room after he left, and uh, on the wall was a little bit of uh, Monopoly money a couple of Monopoly money notes that I had blue tacked on the wall, like literally like 12, 13, 14 years ago. And it was still on the wall. I guess he just left it there. It was like, you know, when the blue tack just like soaks into the paper, it was like, it was just stuck there. So I thought I'm going to keep these. I took them off because uh, the I used to use Monopoly money on the wall to remind me how much I had committed to give uh, to missions in my church. And, and, Seeing that money again reminded me about how much giving to the poor changed my young adult life. When I was a uni student, my giving wasn't just helping others, which it was, absolutely, but it wasn't just helping others. It was actually helping me. It wasn't just rescuing others off the street. Like one of the projects throughout my uni life that our uh, that Imagination's Church was doing was rescuing child prostitutes off the street in India and Thailand. You know, the money I was giving wasn't just rescuing others. It was also rescuing me. It changed my perspective. It brought purpose to my work. It, it reminded me to think of others. And where so much of the world would focus on me and my art and my life and my career, giving changed me. And my hope is that we would have many testimonies like this in our church one day. Because our church, everyone church, is a church that prioritizes the poor. It says right there on our website, bringing Jesus to everyone everywhere. It says on our platform, there's a big banner that says Jesus, and there's a big banner that says everyone. This is for us. It's about God. It's about people helping others. It says in Proverbs 11.25, the generous will prosper. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. And I can testify to that uh, in my life. Is I, as I have given to help others, and not just financially, but financially is a big part of it, particularly when you're talking about overseas missions. But as I have refreshed others, I myself have been refreshed. You know, it really is more blessed to give than to receive. And Paul says, prepare a room for me, for I am hoping God will answer your prayers. Let's not forget to pray and prepare a room for the poor. Amen. And where does that start? Well, in truth, it starts in your heart. It says in 1 John 3.17, If someone has enough money to live well and sees a brother or sister in need but shows no compassion, how can God's love be in that person? So proof of our love for God and proof that His love is in us is shown in our compassion to others. How can God's love be in you if you don't express love to others? I mean, if you struggle in this area, allow God's love to change you. Allow God's love to change your perspective, to change your focus. 
Allow giving to change you. Refresh others and you yourself will be refreshed. You know, I, I love the opportunity to help the poor. I love that you know our, our, our current missions project is that we can pay for cataract surgeries for poor people in India to restore their sight. I love that, that we have the opportunity to help others because we love them, absolutely. But also, we can help others and have our lives be filled with a freshness, a sense of, I am helping someone today. Hey, you might really struggle at work. You might feel like your job's mundane. You might struggle to find purpose in what you're doing. Hey, how about this? Go to work today and think, I'm not just going to work to pay the bills. I'm going to work to pay for some cataract surgeries. Come on. like that, that chain, That's a massive shift in perspective. And that's what God does in our heart when we allow his love to take root in our heart. Amen. I'm just going to pray for you. And I hope this word has encouraged you. If you want to find out more about our missions project, check out our website, our Instagram, Facebook, and you can find out more about how you can give into our current projects. Cool. Let me pray. Lord, I thank you for every person that is part of everyone church and anybody who's listening today. I ask that you would help us, Lord, to help your love take over us in a way, Lord. Help your love just overflow out of us and show itself in compassion to others. Lord, help us have a soft heart. Help us have a heart that sees, eyes that see the poor. And Lord, I pray that everyone church would be a church that prioritizes the poor. Lord, both in our city and in the nations of the world. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, thanks for joining us on our podcast today. If you want to know more about Jesus, if you want to know more about our church, head to our website, get in contact with us, message us on Instagram or something. We would love to answer any questions you might have. Have a blessed week. We'll see you next time. 